0: Well, good morning, friends. Grab your Bibles, uh, turn to Colossians. We're still in the introduction, but in even in the introduction, there's so much good stuff. Let's uh, look at Colossians 1, verse 19. I'm going to try to do this each week or each day, actually, to get us used to these two main verses of Colossians. Remember, the theme of Colossians is the preeminence of Christ, which means... Um, which means... Uh, he's above everything. He's the best at everything in this situation. So preeminent means he surpasses all others. So when it comes to um, spiritual things, when it comes to uh, this uh, spiritual powers, he's above all things. So let's look at verse 19. Remember, these two verses that we're going to look at are fairly similar. Uh, Colossians 119, for in him, meaning Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell Remember, Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. And then Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. This is our other verse that I would love for you to memorize these two verses. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Deity dwells bodily. We have the God-man, 100% God, 100% man in Jesus Christ. Never before, never will happen again and that's why we can't give people a bad time about not really understanding um, there there is uh, proof we know that um, for for Jesus but as we as we look at it we believe it because with that proof we have that measure of faith remember uh, Hebrews chapter eleven six. 6 if you come to God you must first bo- first of all believe that he is Okay, that's the first part, uh, Hebrews eleven six, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But although the scripture says that God comes to seek us, Luke chapter nineteen and verse ten, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The reality is, is once he's done his seeking um, in our lives, and and we are found, let's say by him, we didn't find him, he finds us. Then it becomes um, a constant daily seeking of the Lord and drawing close to him and growing up in him. Remember we talked about in Colossians that we want to be brought to maturity. Brought to maturity in him and in the will of God. And so let's let's get into this um we we talked yesterday no Friday. Uh it's Monday. I tape so many of these sometimes I get confused and I apologize for that. Um Uh, We talked uh, on Friday, in Christ's work on the cross, Jesus Christ settled the question of sin. He settled it. It's done once and for all. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, look at this. And through him, Christ, to reconcile to himself um, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by blood in his cross or of his cross, uh, the blood of the cross. The reality is that the sin issue is settled. We're sinners in need of a savior. And Timothy tells us, Paul tells us in in Timothy's work that there is one mediator between God and man, um, and that is Christ Jesus. Uh, He's the one who paid the price for that. So it's settled. It's complete, he completely defeated all satanic forces. Now, the reason he's dealing with this, remember, is the Gnostics are talking about uh, this realm of spiritual things uh, that that Jesus doesn't oversee because he's really just an emanation from God. He isn't the God-man. We know that to be different. But look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Fifteen says he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Open shame on the cross in full view of each and every one. And he put an end uh, to all the legal demands of the law. Uh, verse 14, and we'll add 15 again, and then 16 and 17. So Colossians 2.14 uh, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are the, a shadow of the things to come but the substance uh, belongs to Christ. Jesus is the preeminent one. He's the one who took care of all of these things. We need to stop working uh, to gain salvation and work from salvation. We don't work to gain salvation, but from salvation, then we work the works of him who called us. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18 it says, and he is the head, Jesus, of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be, again, preeminent. And preeminent means he surpasses all things. And then let's look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11. Colossians three, eleven, says that here there is no not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and in all. All that the believer needs is Jesus Christ. And What does that mean? That the price that he paid for us takes care of uh, the sin issue in our life in the sense that what we could not do for ourselves, he did for us. Now, once that sin issue is is dealt with that we have an opportunity then to be free in Christ Jesus, the reality is that the application of that to our life is an ongoing thing. We are free from the curse of sin, the Holy Spirit comes lives inside of us and strengthens us against the temptation of sin and one day when we go home to meet him, either in the rapture or by death um. Uh, we will be free from the presence of sin. There'll be no sin in heaven. So Paul's dealing with this issue of matter. Matter is not evil and the human body is not evil. We are sinful. We are one, even though we're parts of the same body. Um, Individually, we have, you know, a body, soul, spirit, mind, all of those things. We are a sinful person. Each person is born with a fallen human nature that wants to control the body and use it for sin. But the body itself is not evil. So beating your body like they wanted to do or treating your body poorly, um, to beat it into submission is not what needs to happen. It's the will of man that needs to come under submission to what God has done. And it's the realization, folks, of what Jesus has done on the cross that it is enough. It is enough, meaning there's no more. It is, it is Jesus alone, and from that point, as He paid the price for our sin, and that's applied to our lives freely by grace and by faith. Um, what happens then is we begin to walk that out, right? Um, if there was, if there were the case, Jesus Christ would uh, never have come to earth in a human body, if. Humanity was evil in the sense that the body was evil. Jesus would not have come, John chapter 1, verse 14, and wrapped himself in human flesh. It wouldn't make sense, would it? Nor would he have enjoyed the the everyday blessings of life as he ministered on earth. He attended weddings and feasts and accepted invitations to dinner. Diets and disciplines can be good for one's health, but they have no power to develop, to develop true spirituality. Diets can be good for you. Fasting can be good for you for physical reasons, but fasting can also be good for spiritual reasons. But neither one of those things makes you a Christian. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. Verses 20 through 23, Colossians 2, 20 through 23, says this. If with Christ you died to the elementary spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to its regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the Bible, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. It is not what we reach for with our hands. It's the spiritual background or the pushing or the desiring of those things for either for evil or for good. It is bringing our spirit um, in line with the, with the Holy Spirit. It is, it is living according to God's plan and God's work in our life. It is not trying to make ourselves a better version by the things that we do outwardly. Let's go on. As for astrology and the influence of angels and heavenly bodies, Paul denounced this with vigor. If you're looking at your daily horoscope to try to figure out what you should do and shouldn't do, and you're not looking at the scripture, you're looking in the wrong place for answers. It is not your biorhythms. It is not your astrological sign that makes you up who you are. And it's really not your, um, your environment or your background. Um, it is who you are in Jesus Christ. It is the realization, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When we come to that realization that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, there's an equal, um, equal ground at the cross and that the price for your sin and mine was paid for Jesus Christ. Otherwise, the Bible goes on to say in Romans 6.23, the wages or what we get for our sin is death. Not physical death, but spiritual death and a separation from God. But it goes on to say the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Um, Jesus won a complete victory over all satanic powers. Look at uh, verse 15 of chapter 2. We've read it before. I'm going to continue to go over it. And then as soon as we're done with um, this, which is the crisis, and then we get to the correspondence, then we're going to get into go verse by verse through Colossians. So I'm hoping in these five chapters of Colossians, you're going to pick up a lot of scripture um, and memorize some of it. Colossians 2.15, Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to... uh, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in in him he triumphed over all of them not some of them there's not some free spirits out there doing their own thing and 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 uh, running around uh causing havoc the Bible talks about uh, spiritual dimension. There is a a spiritual world and there are battles that are going on, but they're not ours to battle in the sense of we don't defeat them in the name of Gary or in the name of the church or the name of the pastor. We defeat them in the sense of, of their attack on our life in the name of Jesus Christ who put them to open shame and triumph over all of them. Now, Christians do not need to turn to the, the, the rudiments of this world or uh, the elemental uh, beings or principal, elementary principles. In this case, it refers to the beings that, according to the Gnostics, control the heavenly bodies that in turn controlled events on earth. We don't need to turn to spiritual forces. We turn to Christ who has defeated spiritual forces. And how do we do that? Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Colossians 2 8. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human tradition and according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. You know, we hear a lot about um, guardian angels and we hear about, oh, I've got this spirit protecting me. I hear that more and more. I remember when I was a young pastor and the new age movement which isn't new by the way but but came back around and it's because we have a spiritual vacuum in our lives and we're looking for something so people uh, don't want to buy the fact that um that it's as simple as christ died for us and we accept that so they want to do something on their own right so they wanna they wanna turn to human philosophy and we wanna turn to human tradition and we wanna to look at uh um these things in the world, you know, connect to the energy of the world. The, the, the reality is that we need Jesus Christ in our lives. He's paid the price for us. Now, go down to verse 20. We've read it before, we'll read it again. Uh, chapter two, verse twenty. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of this world, why is it you were still um, alive in this world, do not submit to these regulations so don 't don 't act like you're um, you 're dead to the world um, you 're and you 're alive in Christ, but you 're trying to live it out in your own strength and by your own power and trying to figure it out as you go along. Uh, there are people that you know and there are people that I know that they take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they 're reaching. And trying to create this amalgam or amalgamation of all of these religions and put it all together because they don't want to offend anyone and they don't want to offend any God, little g. And the reality is that that is all offensive to God. We either are all in with Christ or we're not. And we need to make that decision because he was all in for us. Um, This false teaching was a deceptive combination of many things, Jewish legalism, Eastern philosophy, pagan astrology, mysticism, asceticism, and even a touch of Christianity. And the touch of Christianity makes it all dangerous because it all sounds so good. There was something for everybody. And this was what made it dangerous. The false teachers claimed that they were not denying the Christian faith. Now, listen to this because we hear this a lot. Oh no, it's okay. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus was such a good man. He was so he was so concerned for the poor. Jesus was concerned for the poor spiritually, more than the poor physically. He said, "The poor you'll have always with you." It wasn't that he was against them, but he understood the reality of this world. That it's a fallen world, and brokenness and brokenness includes poverty and homelessness and 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 all of those things. Christian faith. Um, The false teachers claimed that they were not denying Christian faith, but only lifting it to a higher level. (laughs) Can you imagine the arrogance of man to say that they have lifted Christianity to the higher level? They have not. They've destroyed it by watering it down. And we see it today. I just read a quote um, from Charles Spurgeon, who in the 1800s preached that the church has become too lukewarm, too watered down, too political, too involved in everything else but preaching of the gospel. That was in the 1800s. And it's true today. Do we have any of this heresy today? Yes, we do. And it's just as deceptive as uh, and dangerous. When we make Jesus Christ and the Christian revelation only part of a total religious system or philosophy, we cease to give him the preeminence. What we try to do is strive for in our ho- our own intelligence, in our own way to add to Christianity. And you can't add to the per- the perfection of what Christ has done now. Christians aren't perfect, the church isn't perfect, but Jesus is. Um, we add this and we strive for spiritual perfection or spiritual fullness by means of formulas, disciplines, or rituals. We go backward instead of forward. When we begin to say, do these five things in your, in, in, in your control to try to to try to bring about spiritual perfection, then you're on the right, wrong wrong path. The Bible says, in me there is no good thing. I don't need to add to what Christ has asked us to do. We must also be aware of this deeper life teachers who offer a system for victory and fullness that bypasses devotion to Jesus Christ. In all things, he must have preeminence. And we see this in a lot of teaching today. That there are teachers who believe that they have an answer that no one else has That God has revealed to them something that he didn't reveal to others. No, no, no. That's not what the Bible says. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm just going to tell you what the Bible says. It says this in verse 1. Long ago and in many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. In these last days, and it continues today, he has spoken to us through his son, not through messengers. We are pastors who proclaim what's already been written in the scripture. Be careful of those who say they have a revelation that doesn't agree with the scripture and they say it's some new spiritual thing that God has showed them. No. If it doesn't line up with scripture, throw it out. It's dangerous. Um, let's go on. This heresy was in direct contrast to the teaching of Paul. It took a negative view of life. God is far away. Uh, matter is evil and demonic forces are constantly threatening us. The Christian faith teaches that God is near to us. That God made all things good, They, uh, though they can be used for evil. And that Christ has delivered his people from the powers of darkness. Back to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 13, Colossians one thirteen. remember the preeminence of Christ is all through Colossians. He, circle he, Jesus has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So the first he is God, I apologize. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he transformed us into the kingdom of his beloved son. God has defeated all of these things, and we run around like we're the ones that are defeated. We run around in fear that we're going to fall, and uh, because the uh, because of the demonic activity that's out there. Uh, if you've ever read the Book of Job, you understand that 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 even the devil is is God's God's uh, belongs to God. Even the devil belongs to God when he's on a short leash. He can only do so much. So we we need to quit living in this frightful prison while Jesus made it clear that the Father is at work in this world caring for his people. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us in Hebrews. Finally, these false teachers tried to change people from the outside by means of diets and disciplines. But true spiritual growth comes from within. We've all seen... Situations where people have tried to make changes on the outside while denying the power of Scripture, and it doesn't last. Why? Because it can't. Because humans are flawed, and humans are broken, and humans are powerless outside of Christ. That's just the biblical truth. So we need to stand for the preeminence of Christ. Let me close this in prayer. In Numbers chapter 6, 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. till we talk again.